Our epistle is from St. Paul to the Ephesians. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man, which has been created according to God in justice and holiness of truth. Wherefore, put away lying and speak truth each one with his neighbor, because we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down upon your anger. Do not give place to the devil. He who was wont to steal, let him steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands at what is good, that he may have something to share with him who suffers need. A continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. At that time, Jesus spoke to the chief priests and the Pharisees in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who made a marriage feast for his son. And he sent his servants to call in those invited to the marriage feast, but they would not come. Again he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatlings are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the marriage feast. But they made light of it and went off, one to his farm and another to his business, and the rest laid hold of his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. But when the king heard of it, he was angry, and he sent his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burnt their city. Then he said to his servants, The marriage feast indeed is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the crossroads, and invite to the marriage feast whomever you shall find. And his servants went out into the roads, and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. And the marriage feast was filled with guests. Now the king went in to see the guests. And he saw there a man who had not on a wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how didst thou come in here without a wedding garment? But he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind his hands and feet, and cast him forth into the darkness outside, where there will be the weeping and the gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Thus far the words of today's holy gospel. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. One of the great fathers of the church wrote that many more are those who convert from sin to grace than are those who seek to grow in holiness while in the state of grace. Those words, taken with the quote from St. Paul, remind us of the necessity of daily conversion in our lives. A daily adherence to the grace of God and remaining in the state of grace, but yet also putting forth an effort to grow in grace, in our love of God, to deepen our faith. St. Paul said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man. So he tells us, he implies, there is effort involved from a human perspective to grow in holiness and to cooperate and accept the great gift of God's grace. If we look into the catechism of the church, she reminds us there that the first and fundamental place of conversion is baptism. And so for those of us present who are baptized, 
having faith, hope, and charity within us, we're called daily to cooperate with those virtues and to deepen them within us by our submission to God's grace. It doesn't just happen. It requires our intentional, active cooperation with Almighty God, who so freely and generously gives this grace. And grace builds on all our human efforts and keeps us on the path of holiness. Looking again at the Catechism, the Church reminds us, too, that the task of conversion, she says, is an uninterrupted task for the whole Church, referring, of course, to the Church in her members. Even though baptized, we know that we are not perfect, and yet God allows us to walk on that path of perfection and holiness and to be perfected by his love. And even here, of course, in our efforts, it's God's grace that is first. God, having loved us first, he continues to appeal to our hearts to be contrite and to live in his love. Looking into the history of the church, into the lives and teaching of so many spiritual masters, especially the fathers of the church, we find that they were able to summarize the spiritual life in various stages. And it's good for us to recall these stages so that as we wonder, am I growing in holiness? We can actually have points at which to reflect and to monitor our progress, if you will, in our lives of conversion. We recall the first words of our Lord as he entered into his public ministry. His words were, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so the Lord's gospel words come to us, too, daily. What we must first do to grow in holiness is, of course, repent. And this stage of the spiritual life, this initial stage, this beginning, is called the purgative stage in which we purge from our lives all those things which would draw us into mortal sin and take us out of the state of grace so that we could not grow in grace. St. Ignatius of Loyola, one of our great spiritual fathers, in his spiritual exercises, says of this state, it means to reform what in us is deformed. And we know how by original sin even though we are in the state of grace, there are so many things that are disordered that need our attention so that they can be perfected by Almighty God. And so at this stage of the spiritual life, which undoubtedly most of us are far beyond, we've done away with those, thin, those things, especially our passions, which can lead us so easily into mortal sin and again, take us out of the state of grace. And the way in which we continue to keep all of our passions under control, of course, is by penance, by examining our consciences constantly, taking ourselves to the confessional as often as possible, and receiving there again the absolutely free grace of God to perfect us in holiness. In this stage of the spiritual life, the great spiritual masters recommend that we meditate on the four last things, death, judgment, hell, and heaven, reminding us of our ultimate goal in life, to be one with Christ in heaven. And in this way, we begin our spiritual lives and we continue on. The second stage, in its technical term, is called the illuminative stage. 
So once having done away with mortal sin, as it were, it has no more grasp on us, perhaps still struggling with venial sin and trying to conquer these every day, we allow the teaching of Christ to illumine our minds more and more. And in the state of grace, through prayer, good works, sacrifices, we find ourselves being drawn into union with the Lord. And still, by examination of conscience, seeing all the little things that cause us to sin venially, we seek to root those out in our lives, yet all the while remaining in the state of grace, in the presence of God's love. In St. Ignatius's language, he says, at this stage, we take what has been reformed in us and we conform it to the will of Christ. And to assist us to do that, he recommends that we meditate on the incarnation of our Lord, that very humility of Christ, God coming to us in the form of a man, putting aside his godliness, as it were, to show us his love for us, to meditate on his life and all the mysteries therein, and especially to meditate on the passion and death of our Lord. And in this way, to confirm all the spiritual growth that has taken place in our lives and to confirm it with the blessing of Almighty God. The ultimate stage of the spiritual life is one spoken of by people like St. Teresa of Avila. She called it the transforming union, the gift of contemplation. And it truly is a gift. Even though we refer to contemplative prayer, only God can grace us with that union of our soul with Him. We dispose ourselves for that to happen by our regular prayer, by our meditation on the Gospels and the items of our faith. But it's God's grace again that allows that to happen. But nonetheless, we strive for this state in the spiritual life as something absolutely possible because we look into the lives of the saints, very real and ordinary people in a sense, average people, yet very holy because they place themselves themselves at the service of Almighty God in prayer, good works, and sacrifice. At this stage, St. Ignatius says, we take what has been reformed and confirmed by Christ and we allow him to transform it by his glory in grace. And at this stage, we seek a detachment from all things earthly, from any hold that they might have on us, and we seek a union of our soul with Almighty God. St. Ignatius, at this point, recommends that we meditate on the resurrection and the ascension and the coming of the Holy Ghost at Pentecost, considering all the great gifts of the Holy Ghost in our lives and the possibility of resurrection for us in union with God. So, in a nutshell, as it were, here is an outline, a guide for growth in the spiritual life offered to us again by so many great spiritual masters in the spiritual treasury of the church, ours for the taking, ours for growth and holiness. Today, in the sanctoral cycle of the church, would be and is the Feast of St. Therese of Lisieux, our little flower. Remember how she spoke in her autobiography of her conversion on a Christmas day, I think it was in 1886. And it was simply a moment of clarity when God showed to her exactly how she should live her life. And of course that led her at a very young and tender age to enter the Carmel. And she says of this conversion, 
that it was a moment of Christ in union with her. That is what we seek, and it's all God's grace. Again, we dispose ourselves for that. We know how St. Therese would live her life in her little way of spirituality, and she teaches us to do the same, to grow in holiness. Her little way was, again, simply doing little things with great love. And in that, we find the grace of God, we serve Him, and we are confirmed in our conversion. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.